Life Church family, I'm so happy to be with you today and to just share uh, some of God's word with you uh, this afternoon. I, I honor Pastor John and Kelsey Bestowich for this opportunity um, to share uh, with you this afternoon. Wherever you are, uh, make yourselves comfortable, get, get, a, get a notepad out um, and take in some of God's word for us this afternoon. We've had an awesome service up to this point. I get crazy about testimonies in our church, about the worship. It is awesome. And I know that you've had an awesome time so far. Uh, and I'm looking forward to just sharing with you around, around Sonship uh, today. So when I, when I was preparing to talk about Sonship, I discovered that, it, that it's tremendously vast. And, uh, and that was no big surprise because anything to do with God and His Son is going to be vast. Yeah, It's going to be outside of what we can naturally comprehend. And so I looked at this and I said to Pastor John in my preparation, I said, man, wait, you know, where do we, what angle do we take? Where do we, where do we come from? And I really felt that, that, that um, as I was preparing, uh, I came across um, rich references on Sonship. Gave me a bit of an angle, gave a bit of background, gave a bit of uh, what, what the Bible says about the, the progression of the same. And some theologians have pinpointed it and, and you know, written it down and, and, and did all the hard work so that, that I can have some information, you know, uh, this afternoon, it's all good. And one theologian in particular, he presented it as stages of sonship. And he says um, that the stages of sonship begins with the infant. Well, no surprise there. Begins with the infant or newly born, born again believer. Uh, and it progresses to the mature son. And each stage refers in particular to a Greek term for son its meaning and the way it is used in scripture. The infant son or, uh, or the earliest stage is called the Napios stage. I hope I got the pronunciation right. And it holds that, that when one is first born again, that person is a son of God and therefore an heir in the house of God. However, the Napios, though an heir, does not differ at all from a slave although he is an owner of everything. And we read that in Galatians 4 verse 1. So the newborn believer is like an heir, but an heir under guardianship. Such an heir is not sufficiently trained yet or mature enough to have free access to the resources of the household, though he is an heir to everything in it. Regarding the teaching and the training of the Napios, that person is ready only for milk which is described in scripture as the opposite of a message of wisdom among the mature. And we're going to read this in, in Hebrews 5.12. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature. Tell someone solid food is for the mature. Who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. The second stage or the next stage of sonship is the Padion stage, often translated in scripture as a child or children. John writes, I am writing to you fathers because you know him who has been from the beginning. I am writing to you young men 
And we're going to talk about that word a little bit later because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you, children, Padion again, because you know the Father. 1 John 2 verse 13. A Padion is a young child. In Scripture, the term is used for one who can recognize the Father. This stage may be considered, says the writer, the second stage of sonship as it is at times synonymous with a child who is an infant. The technon stage comes next, and it is the first stage in which the son is sufficiently mature to be given responsibility and the opportunity to respond to rule. In terms of maturity, the technon is still considered a child though. So in terms of sonship, the technon is a son who is sufficiently mature to engage in the reciprocal relationship with the father. A reciprocal relationship with the father. Jesus told the following parable which involves sons who are in the technon stage of maturity. He says this, a man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he regretted it and he went. The man came to the second uh, and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. So which of the two did the will of his father? They said the first. Jesus said to them, truly I say to you that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. Whew. Matthew 21 verse 28 to 31. So these sons are of sufficient maturity to be given rule and responsibility, but whose inconsistencies in carrying out the will of the Father show that more training is necessary before they are sons who are the complete representation of the Father. The next stage is the Nianiskos stage. I, I think I got that right. Um, and it's like the maturity of young men. Again, same scripture. I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who has been from the beginning. I am writing to you young men, Nianeskos, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you children because you know the father. I have written to you fathers because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you young men, again Nianeskos, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John 2 verse 13 to 15. This is the stage of the overcomer. It is a son who has been tested and displayed strength and who in the testing has represented the Word of God. The Nianiskos is no longer a child, and the implication of overcoming the evil one indicates one who has been refined greatly through suffering. Now the Son sets the standard. The Son of God sets the standard for all of what we are talking about today. The final stage of sonship is the Huyo Son. It's simply one who shares the nature of the Father. This is the Son who may be sent as the full, complete representation of the Father. Perhaps the most important distinction of the Huyos in Scripture follows the parable described of the man with the two technon sons. When Jesus tells the following parable, let's read it in Matthew 21, verse 33 to 44. 
There was a landowner who planted a vineyard and put a wall around it and dug a winepress in it and built a tower and rented it out to vine growers and went on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his slaves to the vine growers to receive his produce. The vine growers took his slaves, beat one, killed another and stoned the third. Again, he sent another group of slaves larger than the first and they did the same thing to them. But afterward, he sent his son, his Huyos son, to them saying, they will respect my son. But when the vine girl saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. They took him and threw him out in the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to the vine growers? They said to him, he will bring those wretched to a wretched end and will rent out the vineyard to other vine growers who will pay him proceeds at the proper seasons. Jesus said to them, Did you never read the scriptures? The stone which the boldest rejected, this became the chief cornerstone beautiful. This came about from the Lord and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit of it. Somebody say fruit. And he who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls, it will scatter him like dust. The son in this parable references Christ, the son who was sent. The son's representation of the father is so complete that he may be knowingly sent into harm or death even like we saw on the cross and that such harm is itself an indictment against those who would reject him. The Huyo son carries a measure of the house of God when he is sent, establishing the standards of righteousness by his representation of the Father. This is the fully mature Christ-like son. Somebody say Christ-like son. Pastor John did a phenomenal sermon on the spirit of the son about a year ago. You will be very kind to yourself to, to give it another listen. The link will appear down here somewhere right about now. <laughs> so cool. Give the Life Experience team some love in the comments. They organize all this uh, technology that we have here. Beautiful. I love them. So Life Church, Global, Family and Friends, what we have seen now, just by means of introduction, is a progression of sonship from infancy to maturity. In other words, a sequence or a progression. So when I was preparing, I really felt the Father wanted me to talk about what life is like or what life would be like when we see ourselves as sons through His eyes. And so I decided to title my sermon, Sonship. Perception determines position. Sonship. Perception determines position. And when we talk about sons, we talk about all of us. Yeah, male and female. So many sermons on sonship will include a part or parts where sonship is contrasted with slavery or servanthood. And, and I, I have personally been set free and I've, I've seen others being set free through some phenomenal teachings on this. 
You might have heard it said before that, that slavery requires a master just as sonship requires a father. And if you never heard it before, just tell everyone that it's a Ricardo Gordon quote. Uh, but friends, before, before I was mature enough to fully comprehend this thing that's called perception, I had many encounters where my late dad brought that understanding to my mind and to my life. And since we are smack bang in the middle of lights and cameras and action, I will zoom in on, on two of those today. I'm not sure if he planned it that way, but it really may come to life even back then. You see, my dad was an, he was an entrepreneur and one of his endeavors was, was building houses and everything that goes along with that. And what would often happen, he, he would say to me, boy, uh, the painter did not, did not come today. So you and I will, will do the work. Or he would say, uh, the family that we are building the house for can't afford contracted painting. You and I will, will do the work. So I won't say uh, what all went through my mind sometimes as a 12 year old with all this work coming. Um, at the time, but, 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 but here is what I'm forever grateful for. We would finish, my dad and I, we would finish painting a surface. And once done, we, we would take a step back. And without saying much, we, we would look at each other and the simple hmm or ha and the nod would confirm that beyond seeing a mere painted wall, we are perceiving the worth of what just happened. Making sure a family moves into a neatly finished home, which is their sanctuary. I tell you now, that gave me perception. I bet if I was there with just any other painter that day, it would have just been a normal day of painting, a very normal wall. But things look very different when it carries the heart of a father. How much more out? Heavenly Father. Backtrack 12 years back from then, I was born outside of wedlock. And the tradition at the time was that, that you would grow up with your grandparents, thinking that they are your biological parents. You would call your biological parents by their first names and most likely assume your biological mother to be your sister. In many families, there would always be that, that, that one auntie that will eventually that will eventually slip you the truth or you would figure the truth out some, somehow. So what my dad did was he, he, he challenged that tradition at the time and said this. He said, this is my son. Ricardo is my son. He will call me daddy. He will call you when he was uh, saying this to my mother. He said, he will call you mommy. And when he was talking to my grandma, he would say, and he will call you Oma, which is Afrikaans for grandma. So in doing this, it, it brought truth to counter tradition. And in doing so, established for me certainty of my natural identity. Was it an uncomfortable truth? Absolutely. Was it an uncomfortable situation? For sure. Was it the truth? Nevertheless, absolutely yes. And in doing so, it challenged and hopefully adjusted some perceptions at the time while ensuring that going into my life, I am now correctly positioned. Life Church Global Perception probably 
has a, a myriad of layers or dimensions. But I want to keep it really simple today and quickly talk about only three. And if you are taking notes, they are what I call hindsight, stepping back. The second one is insight, stepping in. The last one is foresight, stepping up. And we're going to just talk about this a little bit. Not only do, do, do these three fit in perfectly with, with what we know now about the stages of sonship that was beautifully put out by, by our theologian friend from before, but, but they coexist in, in perfect harmony, beautifully in sync, one with the other. If you are taking notes, you can write the following line down too, under hindsight. It says, who your sons are righteously and justly positioned to divinely perceive our natural world. Why is this important? Why is it important to have divine perception? It is important because if we only ever navigate our natural world as mere mortals, only concerned with the immediate, the empirical, the tangible, the logical, the traditional, the cultural, people will come look for Jesus and struggle to see Him because we look just like everyone else. I am sure you would agree how deeply relevant the next scripture is right now if we just look at the world around us. It's from Romans 8 verse 19 to 23. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Ooh, hallelujah. You see, we your sons are able to, to step back, reflect and understand what is going on around them at any point in time because they carry testimonies and remembrance of the grace and the goodness of God that has seen them through situations and circumstances. So when they look back over their lives, their only recollection is the all-sufficient grace of God. Some people will call that hindsight. And if hindsight were a song, it would say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all is done for me, my very soul sings hallelujah. Thank you, God, for saving me. But I must say that this is not hindsight as we know it in a carnal sense, because that may come with regret. That may come with condemnation. No, this hindsight is like when Moses looked back at the Red Sea situation and said, man, that could have only been God who did that for me. For me and my people. Or when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego looked at the fiery furnace and exclaimed in gratitude for something they knew only God could do. So whatever the flood, whatever the fire, who your sons know who they are and whose they are. Their identity in Christ is secure, which keeps them stable fearless and of sound mind. 
If you're taking notes, we, we, are, we are at the second part of, of what I wanted to say. And you can write this under insight. Who your sons are righteously and justly positioned for divine insight and revelation. If hindsight was stepping back to reflect and understand the natural world, then I want to suggest that insight to, a, to who your sons is about stepping into dimensions beyond the natural world. One that embodies not just the reality of being in this world, but, but not of this world. So we're in this world, but not of this world. Moreover, living the fresh revelation of the Father's progressive word. And it's not, it's not too far a step either. It, it's taking a step to the inside of your new man and listen to your heart singing, I see the Lord seated on the throne, exalted, and the train of His robe fills this, this temple with glory. And the whole earth is filled with His glory. Or oh, it could be, turn your eyes upon Jesus, Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. I bet you can tell I love worship, right? I can go on and on. Songs that just keep popping into my head as I was, as I was going through this, I was preparing this. The thing is when, when we come alive to divine insight, our position is one of gazing at the Father and revel in His presence and reflecting who He is in our lives. When I first came to Life Church Global some three years ago, I saw, I saw so much of what I am talking about here today. I saw a people who were being perfected into the image and the likeness of Christ. I saw a people who were hungry after the Word of God and submitted to it. I saw a people who were well-led and well-fed by Apostles John and Kelsey. Fresh revelation week after week after week. And it wasn't long before I started seeing my own transformation and that of my family. I mean, you, you should see my kids tuning me with the things that they learn in, in, in life, kids. So they are, they are six and five years old, but they flow in the prophetic. Lazal the same. Well, Lazal is not five or six years old, but, but, but the same. But she was bringing this morning, even she was bringing wisdom. Um, when I became frantic, I became frantic about my preach for today. She, she brought wisdom. We, we have learned and experienced so much because the father of this house knows how to lead his people. And it's a superior, and it's a superior wisdom that, that Pastor John was even preaching about just two weeks ago that goes way beyond understanding or knowledge. It goes way beyond mere understanding and knowledge. I want to suggest to you that the best way for a your son to mature is from a place where our feet stands firm in the foundation of God's word and what he says about us where His voice is the only voice we listen to and adhere to 
as sheep do with their shepherd. Where our hands only does what we see our Father do. Where our hearts, minds and our souls are attuned to Him and to Him alone. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is stepping into insight, revelation and wisdom. If you're making notes, we are, we are talking about foresight now. Tricky one. It says, who your sons are righteously and justly positioned for the supernatural. We receive our position in God by grace through faith outside of which we are unable to please God. But when I say that God steps us up into activation of the supernatural, of a supernatural us by our faith in Him, it simply means that He perceives us in right standing before Him because of His Son, because of His own Son. And because of that, our assignment and our destination comes with great assurance since He Himself is our destination and He has plotted the journey before we even existed. And it's a journey filled with miracles, it's a journey filled with signs, and it's a journey filled with wonders. The Lord said uh, of the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, He said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. God knows your end from your beginning. It is absolutely clear from the scripture that time and its constraints are a non-issue for God. That He not only transcends time, but is time Himself. That He not only is already in our future, but that He is indeed our future. What if I said to you that there's much more to you than what you may perceive? And that only when you see yourself through God's eyes, will you begin to see the vastness of who He is and because we are heirs of Him and co-heirs with Christ, we ourselves become vast entities that the world will marvel at and worship Christ. You see, we are sons, does not, they, they, they don't become uncomfortable when the natural world perceives them as odd because they know the things they get up to in the kingdom cannot be made sense of naturally. It is only when in, in spiritual maturity, one starts to make utterances that stuns the world, that calls for things that are not as though they are, that the world starts to recognize that we are of a different species altogether. Family and friends, if I had to sum up all of what we spoke through here today, I would say it like this. I would say progression prospers when perception is appropriated. Progression prospers when perception is appropriated. What does that mean? So when I step back and I look at that line that I just said in hindsight, I said to myself, Ricardo, that sounds ambiguous how can progress prosper but like i said strange things happen when we are moving in the supernatural aren't they kind of one and the same thing 
But because I have insight, I realize that when I step into my rightful place as a Huya son, I activated something supernatural that could speak to progress and divinely declare that it will prosper, that I will prosper in my progression. It's like progression on steroids, man. Imagine that. So now that, that progression is prosperous, I can appropriate perception. What does that even mean? Levi and Zia would say, Daddy, what does that even mean? It simply means that in our most intimate conversations with the Father, we would say, God, show me how you see me so that I can see me as you see me, so that I can see others as you see them, so that all of us can see you for the great I am that you are, Abba, Father. In that moment, and for some of you, that moment is right now. Your, your whole existence stepped up to a place in the Father that feels like home. And it is because it's exactly where you and I belong as sons, perfectly positioned in Him. Life Church family, I really enjoyed sharing some of God's Word with you today. I trust that you will have a phenomenal, supernatural week. I pray that the encounters that you will have with the Lord this week will be unlike anything that you have ever experienced. I pray that when people look at you, they see the reflection of Christ in your life. I pray that as you move about your natural world and your natural business, that you will be impacting it. That change will come because of the fact that you are there and you carry the very nature of Christ in your life. May this week be the most phenomenal one that you've ever had and we will see you next week.